Hi, this is Erica, host of Paper Hope Street Team, and this is Our Future is Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 10-year-old Patrick Alford, who went missing from his hometown of Brooklyn, New York, on January 22, 2010. At the time of his disappearance, he was 4 foot 8, 65 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. He was last seen wearing a red t-shirt, blue jeans, and a blue and black Michael Jordan sneakers. Patrick is biracial. He is half black and half Hispanic. Patrick also has a scar on his left eyebrow. If you know of Patrick Alford's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Patrick Alford, please click on the link on the, vo the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfuturesmissing.com. Thank you. This is voiceamericakids.com. It's time for Speaking of Sports, your weekly look inside at the stats, scores, opinions, and facts from a kid's point of view. You can't miss one moment of the action going on in the next hour. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Sam Brennan, and with me is my co-host, Kayla Bushy. Today, we have a great show for you today. We're going to catch you up on some of the latest sports news from around the sports well world, and we're going to take a... A more in-depth look at the upcoming season of MLB and spring trading. Our spotlight sport of the day today is America's pastime, baseball. And we're going to look at the upcoming MLB season, take a look at spring training, which is a big event in our hometown, Arizona. And along with NCAA basketball, we have some football news. Even though the season just ended, uh, trades and transactions are still happening. And like I said, we're going to do some spring training things. And we'll end the show with a couple of little fun facts and things about the sport of baseball. So let's get started. We're going to start out with some sports news from the NCAA basketball. It's uh, men's basketball. The February is coming to an end. And that means that it's just in time for the March Madness NCAA tournament. And that is a big event in the sports world. People filling out their brackets, Cinderella stories, and big upsets. So I have here the power rankings for NCAA that just came out from ESPN.com. And at the top of the list is number one, the Indiana Hoosiers. They have a record of 24-3. and And the Indiana Hoosiers are proving that they are the team to be in the tournament. With a one-and-a-half game lead in their conference, the Hoosiers will be playing Minnesota and Iowa in their next two games. Watch for the Hoosiers to finish the season 26-3 and unless they decide to rest their key players in the final games. I expect the Hoosiers to finish strongly and on top of their division, and I expect them to go far in the tournament. Oh, yeah, and Indiana is a huge competitor, but we've seen many teams get to the number one spot in this college basketball season. They've always gotten upset in a loss this season. Like, for example, Indiana, they lost to Illinois just by a buzzer beater. And, you know, you look at this basketball season, will Indiana take the heat or will they just drop it on the March Madness tournament? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the fun parts about the tournament is that they have Cinderella story teams, the low teams that get a tournament spot near the end of the season, and it's always fun to watch them take on the higher-ranked teams. And that's just part of the March Madness spirit, I guess. 
So moving on, we're going to go down to number two. And at number two is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Gonzaga has always been a threat in college basketball, but the the, Go- the Bulldogs have already won the West Co- Coast Conference title with a perfect 14-0 record when they're playing in their division. This season, Gonzaga's final two matchups are against the BYU Cougars and the Portland Pilots. Gonzaga cannot take their two games easily as they eye one of the highest rankings in school history. Sometimes overlooked, Gonzaga is heading into its 13th tournament appearance since 2000. Gonzaga is a good tournament team and usually plays well in the big bracket, but stumbles late in the tournament. Despite copious copious amounts of appearances in the tournament, Gonzaga has never made it to the Final Four, let alone won a championship. Watch for the Zags to go far in this year's tournament and hopefully not flop late in big games. So pretty much Gonzaga, I, I'm personally a Gonzaga fan. My cousins went there, and we always watch them in the tournament. And they do well. They start out well, and then they just aren't able to finish it off in the later games, which are most important. And Gonzaga being as big of a basketball school as it is, it was surprising for me to know that they had never gone into the Final Four. And I'm thinking that Gonzaga does have a chance at the Final Four, maybe even a championship. They're a strong team. Gonzaga is known for its basketball there, and I think they can do very well. So now the third and final power ranking we have is number three, Duke. Duke has had a great season, but their star player, Ryan Kelly, was injured, and that meant it was time for the bench to step up, and the bench did just that. The Duke Blue Devils have had a record of 24-3, and all three of their losses coming from ACC teams in their division. The Duke Blue Devils' next two games are against Virginia and number five-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Duke lost once to Miami earlier this season in a 90-63 rooting. The matchup between Duke and Miami is definitely one to watch. Ryan Kelly lately has gotten off of crutches, and he's hopefully going to be able to participate in practices leading up to the tournament. I expect Duke to do well, but I don't see them in the championship game. Duke, again, is one of Duke is one of those good basketball schools, and they've had a strong championship win. They've had a strong tournament team, and they've just their heritage is basketball, basketball, basketball. And like I said, their star player Ryan Kelly, he was injured, and that put a that upset Duke a lot going into this tournament. Okay, so now more about March Madness. Let's talk about which teams would upset in the March Madness tournament. And right now the top three teams we're talking about is right now currently number one is Indiana, number two, Gonzaga, and then number three, Duke. But we're looking for some teams that would upset at least until like the final four to make a huge comeback. So Sam like what Name at least one team you think would upset. Well, I think a, one team that I personally am a fan of, the Arizona State Sun Devils, I don't think they would be able to do an upset, but right now they're battling for a spot. So I think possibly Arizona State could make it at least to the second round. But to tell you the truth, I'm not sh- quite sure if any teams would be able to upset this year. I mean, it always happens, but... 
There's a strong number one and number two seeds. Well, yeah, ASU is a good team. They had a lot better team than last year. But coming off another loss, it could cost them in the playoffs. And, uh, well, like the tournament is what we would call the playoffs. But the Sun Devils, they have this, like, like this habit of turning over the basketball. And that's basically what they need to stop doing. But Arizona State, if they can keep on improving just like they did this year and avoid those losses, they can at least get to the second round. Yeah, I think that Arizona State does have a chance at it. You know, another team I've been watching, they're not really an underdog, but I think uh, New Mexico and San Diego State, they are in some of the top teams in the country, and I think it'd be exciting. I mean, they're kind of not as known schools, and it'd be cool to see them do well in the tournament, and maybe they're going to be one of those surprising teams. I, I think an, a surprising team would probably be Miami because they've, def, they've defeated some of the top three teams we've seen in this college basketball season. They are a tough competitor. They were, uh, they were once ranked number two. That's the highest they've got this college basketball season. And uh, Miami, they may be at least to the uh, regionals in March Madness this year. Yeah, Miami definitely has been a good team to watch this year. Like I said, they beat Duke 90-63. to That's pretty crazy. And that's when Miami was ranked number 25, and Duke was ranked higher than them in that game. So they, ha- they, won-, they won by, like, what, 20, 27. That's-, that's a lot. And scoring 90 points in college basketball, you don't see that much. Miami kind of has surprised me. I... I don't, I don't remember them being as strong last year, but this year they've been doing really well. Exactly, and upset you expected it to be at least closer to six or at least a buzzer beater shot in the upset, but I've never seen a team beat them by 27 points in a blowout against the number third team in college basketball and still be in that ranking. Yeah, and Miami, they t- just to think that a c- couple of weeks ago they were number 25, and now they're way up at number five. I mean, that's good. That's a good resilient team you have there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to make a run. They're strong, and they. I usually think of Miami as a football school, but right now they're looking as a good basketball school. So March Madness, it's going to start on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, on Selection Saturday as teams battle for the final few spots in the NCAA tournament. And the official first round of the tournament begins on March 19th and March 20th. So now we're going to move over to the NFL. The season just ended right after we come back from our break. I'm Sam Brennan, and with me is Kayla Bushy. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Speaking of sports, we'll be right back. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action. Hello, and welcome back to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Sam Brennan, and with me, my co-host, Caleb Bushy. And Caleb, uh, tell us about where we're recording, and yeah. <laughs> well, we're here at the Cake Teeny Cafe here in Santan Village, at the uh, Santan Village Mall, and we also have a second location at uh, near the Microsoft Store where we normally broadcast Kidstar broadcast in Scottsdale, the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. All right, and uh, Cake Teeny, they have Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, their website is caketeeny.net. You can find them on Facebook at Cake Teeny. All right, and speaking of Facebook, Caleb made a Facebook page for our our show. Go on to Facebook and search Speaking of Sports and go ahead and like us and tell your friends about us. We'd love the publicity. So now let's get back to business. Okay, as I was saying, we were at the NFL. The season just finished. The Ravens winning the Super Bowl. I'm pretty happy about that. And we have some transaction news. Tom Brady, quarterback of the Patriots, he signed a contract to stay with the Patriots until 2017. So that's four years from now. And my question to you is, do you think Brady will still be an elite player in 2017? Will he be the quarterback he is today? Um. Well, yeah, he's been he's had a great season this year, and he's been doing great since he started the Patriots. But, you know, it's been surprising because, you know, you got to find out when's the right time to retire because you don't want to play too long, and that's when you're going to get weak. So for Brady to make that decision, I understand he wants to be with the Patriots to get a decision. I don't think he should be on any other team but that team. But I think Brady will still uh, do his thing. He'll know what to do and improve it. But I think he'll still be the same player as he is today. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think that Tom Brady, he has a couple more years to go as a good quarterback. I'd say two more years. And he's going to be good then he will start kind of fading out. He won't be as big any, anymore. And I think 2017 is just the right time for the Patriots to decide if they want to keep him or not. So also the 49ers, the Super Bowl losers, sorry guys, they were they are going undergoing discussions about trading quarterback Alex Smith. Now remember... Colin Kaepernick replaced Smith when Smith was injured from a concussion. 
And Kaepernick came in that game. That was the game that they tied with the St. Louis Rams. And after that game, Kaepernick showed the 49ers coaching staff that he was their quarterback. And Alex Smith kind of was just literally left on the sidelines. And so now the 49ers, Kaepernick led them to the Super Bowl. So now the 49ers are looking at trading Alex Smith. In fact, ESPN.com said that they are confident in trading Smith. So some teams that are involved in that are Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs are interested in Smith, as many well know that both teams have quarterback troubles. Who do you think that Smith should go to, or who do you think needs Smith the most? Well, you know, Kansas City, I think they need them more than Arizona because the Cardinals, they're good, but Kansas City's really bad. They're like the Charlotte Bobcats dropping a 16-game st- losing streak. But <laughs> basically, I think the Kansas City Chiefs need them because they're basically desperate for anything. They'll take whatever they need because the Chiefs, they're just a great team. they always been a great team back then, and that's what they're trying to do now is be a good team now. Well, San Francisco cannot complete the trade until March 12th, so they still have some time to think about it. And I'm just going to give you some information on Alex Smith. He was the 2005 first overall draft pick, and what I, I think he's still a good player. I mean, Colin Kaepernick was just a little bit better. Colin Kaepernick can run. I think that's one of the main things that, he, that Smith lost his job because Kaepernick can run. And he was good enough to get the 49ers to the playoffs. Smith has taken the 49ers there before. And before his injury, Smith had completed 26 of his last 28, which is really impressive, including he went 18 of 19 for 232 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions in the Monday night game win at Arizona. So he, he when he got injured, he was doing really well, and that proves that he's still a good player. Personally, I think the Cardinals need him most. Cardinals have all the pieces to a good team. Maybe they need a little better running back, but they have a great receiving core in Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd, and they have a great defense with pro bowler Patrick Peterson, safety Adrian Wilson, Daryl Washington. They just need a quarterback, and Alex Smith would be a good one, I think, for the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals, they had a great season. They started off to a surprising team start and then dropped a huge losing streak. So they they came from a like a Super Bowl contender to a nobody, I would say, at least a zero. But I think the Cardinals, if they get Alex Smith, they may have a the best season like Kurt Warner did with the Cardinals. And they have all they need is just... I'll, about the quarterback, it's just their defense what they need to work on because they just haven't been protecting their quarterback, and that's what they need to do. They have a good quarterback. I think Kolb is better than uh, Skelton, but I think Alex Smith, I, I think Kansas City needs him more than Arizona. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, but Cobb, he, he let's remember, he did take the Cardinals to a 4-0 start, but the problem with him is that he is very often getting injured. He gets injured a lot of times, and that causes the Cardinals to have trouble. And like you said, the offensive line is a problem because that leads to Cobb getting beat up and sacked. 
I don't think it's called fault. I mean, I mean, it's just the defense. They will protect Kolb, and that's what they need to do. Just Kolb's a good quarterback, and all he's done his entire season is the Cardinals to lead those Cardinals to wins. I mean, we look back at the home opener when Skelton started. He was not doing as much, not good as they, they can, but near the fourth quarter, he got injured. So Skelton's been getting injured, too. Kolb's not the only one, but... Kolb, he came in in the fourth quarter and brought the Cardinals to a win. Stick through it. All right. So that'll end our discussion on the NFL and Alex Smith. And now Caleb has some stuff for us on the NHL. Yes, we're looking at the NHL season. It is just over at least a few months, at least less than two months, till the Stanley Cup playoffs start. It's been a very short season for the NHL. They're coming off the lockout in January. And uh, there's been a lot of surprising teams in the NHL. For example, the Chicago Blackhawks. They have never got a loss. Well, they got lost in overtime in the shootout against Anaheim, but they have never got a regulation loss, I would say. And they're a very huge surprising team. It's kind of like the same team you, we saw last year when they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. But now they are great this year, and they may get at least the top three spots in the playoffs this year. Yeah, watching. I was watching SportsCenter last night, and they were talking about how the Blackhawks have at least one goal in every one of their games of this season. And then they showed the Bulls, the 95-96 Bulls, who had only lost 10 games in their whole 82-game season. So they were kind of comparing and showing how good the Blackhawks' start was with... That's that's really good. I mean, you see some teams that don't score at all in some games, but the Blackhawks getting at least one goal a game, that's pretty good. Yeah, and they were the number six seed last year in the playoffs, and coming off the sixth seed and becoming a top contender for the Stanley Cup is huge for the Blackhawks. And the Bulls this year, they haven't been doing good, although they will begin Derrick Rose back and hopefully lean them to the playoffs. So it'll be huge for the Bulls. But the Blackhawks, I think they may get to at least the conference finals this year. All right. So how about the Kings? Are they are they doing as good as they ended last year? Well, at this point, they're in last place in their division. It's not good so far. They started off the season with a loss to the Blackhawks. But it's it was what we see here is just the same team we saw in the regular season last year. No, it was just kept on giving giving away turnovers to the other team. That's how they got the AFC seed. And what changed for them is just the momentum in the playoffs. You expect that in the regular season, but it looks like the same team we saw last year. All right, so we have the Chicago Blackhawks heating up. They're melting that out ice out there. And then you have the Chicago Kings, excuse me, not the Chicago Kings, Los Angeles Kings that are cold as the ice itself. So when we come back, we're going to take a look at our Spotlight Sport of the Week, which is baseball. We're going to give you some spring training news in baseball world. And then later we're going to have some fun facts for you about baseball in the beginning of the game. So stick around. You're listening to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Sam Brennan, and with me is my co-host, Kayla Bushy. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now back into the action. Welcome back to Speaking of Sports here on the Voice America Kids Network. We're live here at the Cake Teeny Cafe here in the Santan Village location. We also have a, another location in Scottsdale. And also we want to mention about Speaking of Sports on Facebook. You can just search us at Speaking of Sports. We'll have uh, latest news on when our next episodes will be and uh, some future events we'll be having in this next year. As Caleb said, we're here in Arizona with at the Cake Teeny Store. And remember to like our Facebook page that Caleb created for us. Thank you, Caleb. Okay, so now we're going to roll into our next segment. And it's a big part of Arizona culture. Many people come out and visit just for this. We have the Cactus League MLB spring training here. It's the one of the bigger operations of spring training in Arizona. And many MLB, we have 15 MLB teams that come out here and play spring training ball here in Arizona. And we have 10 stadiums, some teams sharing stadiums, of course. And spring training is all about the training for the season, hence the name spring training. And it helps the coaches and managers decide who they're going to cut from the team and who they're going to keep on the team. So spring training is a unique experience and it comes once a month, once a year for Arizonans and spring training is a big part of our culture and it draws thousands of fans. Now what draws the fans? We the che- there's cheap tickets. Spring training is a very cheap experience. You have fans they can get up close they can get autographs really easily the players are excited so they're willing to give you autographs and talk and even take pictures with you and it's also great weather here in Arizona we have beautiful weather it's not too hot not too cool and it's a really beautiful stage I mean it's beautiful to go to the games and have the sun shining down on you and along with Arizona, Florida is also host to 15 teams, and they have 14 stadiums there, uh, the Grapefruit League. So the two spring training leagues in Arizona, Cactus League, and in Florida, the Grapefruit League. Oh, yeah, and then you talk about the weather here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've seen some surprise weather here this past week. They had to cancel many spring training games because it's been hailing here and snowing. 
and I there's a picture of this spring training ballpark. It's been covered with snow, and so very surprised weather. But other than that, it's pretty hot here in Arizona. I've uh, never been to a spring training game in Florida, but what's best about spring training is that they don't really have much seats. The outfield is more of like grass, just sit on. And it's more of like a picnic, so it's very exciting to be in a spring training game. That makes the baseball experience to a whole nother level. Yeah, and like you said, they that's a unique part of the games. They have the grass belt in the outfield, so you can just buy $5 outfield seats and bring a blanket and lay on the grass in the outfield. Not literally on the field, but behind the wall up on a bank they have grass, and that's really nice. I mean, I love going to spring training. We're usually able to go out maybe the one or two games during spring break, and our friends come from California, and they bring their little league teams, and they come and have a good time with spring training. So now we have Major League Baseball. We have news from spring training. Lately, Curtis Granderson of the New York Yankees, he was hit by a fastball in the forearm, and that broke his arm, which is a big devastation for Yankees and the Yankee fan. Granderson is going to be out for 10 weeks, and he's expected to return by May. But until then, the New York Yankees are going to be starting what ESPN said, possibly the worst lineup since 1991. Oh, yeah, it's very shocking because... The Yankees, they went all the way up to the ALCS, which is the second round of the postseason in the MLB. But he's not the only one injured in the Yankees. There's another star player. That was uh, Derek Jeter. He got hurt in the ALCS, and it was just really hard. I can't remember where he got hurt. I think it was like a really bad bruise, I'd say. But he got really hurt. I think he was pretty much out for that series. Hopefully he'll be able to come back and at least lead the Yankees to the World Series. Yeah, you have Curtis Granderson, who is a home run king, you could say. But Granderson is going to be replaced by Eduardo Nunez at second base, if all things go as planned. But will the Yankees be looking for someone to actually replace him permanently? Um, No, he's going to be a hard player to replace. I think... Um, He's only going to be out 10 weeks, so it's not like he's going to be out for the season. That would mean bad news for that for the Yankees. But I think they, if they're going to replace him, it, he's not going to be good. He's probably going to be a little of a rookie, I'd say. But they'll just do a legitimate, they'll do okay, I'd say, just for the first 10 weeks. All right, so Granderson <laughs> out for 10 weeks. His return is... I think it's probable it will be it'll it will happen. He's gonna miss opening day, of course, but he'll be okay and recovered by May. Yeah, and then um, also as we're talking about the MLB, we want to remind you about the Dodgers season is uh, coming up here on the Kid Star Radio Network, and we're gonna be broadcasting Dodger games. So you can always sign up to be a Dodger broadcaster at KidStar.org. So very exciting. The season will be starting about April when. Zaz opening day, so it'll be huge. So be sure to come out of Dodgers game broadcast. Okay, so now we're going to talk about faces in new places in the MLB. And one of the biggest trades of the offseason, or one of the biggest trading teams of the offseason, you could say, is the Toronto Blue Jays. The 
Blue Jays are they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. They disappointed. They the Blue Jays said that they were very disappointed last season, and this off season they decided to make big trades and they picked up some free agents. So we're gonna I'm gonna go over that block, big blockbuster Blue Jays trade. The first person they they got was Jose Reyes, the star shortstop from the Miami Marlins. And he has been to four All-Star games, has won five MVP titles, and last year he was third in stolen bases, second in triples, and fifth in hits. And I mean, this is a really good pickup for the Blue Jays. They're gonna Jose Reyes is gonna do very well with Jose Bautista, and this is a I just can't stress how good of a pickup this is for them. Reyes, he's a good base runner. He can hit the ball well. He can hit home runs. I think that getting Jose Reyes was a smart decision. And another trade that may affect one of these teams for both teams is the Justin Upton trade. He's been traded to the Atlanta Braves to he's play with his brother. I can't remember his name. I know his last name is Upton. And uh, the Diamondbacks, this may affect them. We might see a very different season next season for the D-backs. And uh, having Justin Upton uptown, not anymore in uh, Chase Field. But do you think this may affect the D-backs? Well, I don't the Blue Jays trades no because they're in a whole whole different division. Um, I don't think it was it'll affect them, but I was gonna get to that later. You did bring it up, so we'll we'll go a little more into that after the Blue Jay, after I finish talking about the Blue Jays. So, um, Mark they also acquired Mark Burley, who is a very good pitcher. Burley has had four pitcher Golden Gloves and has been to four All Star games. Burley is 33, but I don't think his age really matters at this point. He's still a good player. Also picked up the the Blue Jays picked up Josh Johnson from the Marlins. He was a big part of the new Blue Jays pitcher. John Johnson won the 2010 NL Cy Young Award as well as the 2010 NL MVP. The Blue Jays also picked up Emilia Bonificio as a utility player. And all four of those players are from the Marlins alone. So that's and we're not even done yet. They also the Blue Jays also picked up Melky Cabrera from San Francisco. He's a good outfielder. He's a good hitter. He can go out in the outfield with Bautista. But one one of the biggest acquisitions of the offseason for the Blue Jays was when they got the star knuckleballer R.A. Dickey. Uh, Dickey won the 2012 N. NL Cy Young Award. 2012, he was second in league wins. In 2012, first he was first in complete games, having five complete games. He led the league in strikeouts and innings pitched. He started 33 games, three shutouts, and he led the league, and he had quite the knuckleball. So with that, we're going to take a break. I'm Sam Brennan, and with me is Caleb Bushy. You're listening to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids Network. Stay tuned for more. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. You're tuned in to Speaking of Sports on Voice America Kids. Now, back into the action. Hello, and welcome back to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Sam Brennan. And I'm Kayla Bushy. And right now we're talking about MLB. Now we're going to go over to the Diamondbacks, one of our home teams. And they made some big acquisitions over the offseason. They extended the powerhouse Aaron Hills contract for four more years, which is a very good thing for the Diamondbacks, especially for the fact that he hit two cycles last year, which was very, very exciting. I was actually at one of the games when they were playing the Mariners, and that was really cool. That proves I wasn't paying attention because I didn't know he hit for the cycle until the the big words came up on the board and said, that he had hit for the cycle, so that was really awesome. They also signed Martin Prado, a utility player, for a four-year contract. They extended J.J. Putt's contract for two more years. And then, like you were saying, Caleb, the big trade involving Justin Upton. Oh, yeah, it's huge. What's also big is that Upton's going to be playing it, uh, with his brother next season at the Braves. It's going to be huge, and uh, the Braves are also going to be losing another great player who's been retiring, has uh, been to over at least more than 10 All-Star games I hear. Then uh, he's been retiring, and uh, I can't remember his name. but Chipper Jones. Yeah, Chipper Jones. He was a great player for the Braves, and uh, now bringing Upton in, the Upton brothers, they're going to have a good season next season. Yeah, so the D-backs traded Upton and third baseman Chris Johnson to Atlanta for Martin Prado and four other players, the their minor league prospects. Now, my question to you, is this a smart trade for the Diamondbacks to lose one of their star players? Well, to be honest, I think Justin Upton was going to leave. They didn't really have a choice, and uh, they didn't really want to trade him, to be honest. But they knew he was going to do something about it if they didn't do anything. So I think Upton, I don't think it was a smart choice, but they really didn't have any choice. Okay, so that will do it for our baseball our baseball news now the we have a sports spotlight of the day and that was baseball so I thought I'd look up some cool fun facts about the sport so I looked up some some things and I found some pretty interesting things uh, there was a guy named Ken Ash and he won a game on only one pitch it was July 27 1930 and Ken Ash played for the Reds was brought into a game against the Chicago Cubs 
with two runners on and nobody out with a runner in scoring position. He delivered the pitch, and the Cubs promptly delivered a triple play. Ash was pinch hit for in the bottom of the inning, and the Reds staged a rally to win the game 6-5, to five, thus getting the no-name Ash into the history books as the only man to win a game on one pitch. Oh, wow. That, I got to say, that no one's going to be able to break that record because most of all in the 80s and the 90s, it's been a lot of plays we'd seen. What year was that? That was in 1930. 30. So, 30. so the ago. 30s. Wow. We've seen a, a lot of um, plays. Remember Jackie Robinson stole the home base. There's a, a lot of plays we saw in the past. So, you know, it's there's a lot of history back then. Another fact that I found, it was actually pretty cool. I thought it was funny, actually. The Dodgers and the Cubs once traded their entire minor league teams for each other. It was in 1957. And the Dodgers were getting ready to move to L.A. They were still in Brooklyn. And each team decided that they needed some new people down on their farm team. So the teams traded not one, not two, but they traded 25 people, their entire farm team roster. And it was definitely, it definitely took the title for the biggest trade ever. So how that's that's kind of weird. Can you imagine rooting for a team and then it completely changes? Oh yeah, exactly. Usually you expect at least some players to stay on the team for, but usually to have the entire team like in gone is really be really be hard to get used to. I found another really cool cool inspiring fact. The shortest MLB player ever, his name was Carl Edward. And he stood at three feet seven inches. That is really short. It's uh, like a toddler. Exactly. It's like a dwarf, you know. But uh-huh. I hope he played a good good season because a good career, I'd say. Because I, I gotta say that's pretty interesting. And I wonder. I kind of want to wonder how did he even get to the MLB? Well, I mean, it's just a lot of hard work and taking a lot of balls because he he's so small that his strike zone so small, and the pitchers would just get so frustrated. So he took a lot of balls and took a lot of walks, and so that helped him get on base a lot. <laughs> I He wasn't as much in the major leagues. He was more in the minor leagues, but he was definitely – people definitely wanted to come see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, having the pitcher being so frustrated be like a secret weapon to use for that team. It's just uh, – with that, with he he did that ball and that last ball is to win the World Series for that team. Uh, that would really suck. Well, yeah, that that'd be good, but I don't. He was he didn't have the the highest skill level. But another cool little fact I saw that the Major League Baseball has a five to seven pitch lifespan because they're always getting foul tipped and all of they're always getting go, going into the crowd. And I just saw it. Poor little baseballs. They have spend all that time making them, and then they have, like, a seven-pitch, like, three-minute lifespan. So that's that's a little disappointing for them. Also, I found a cool one. The longest baseball game ever, based on time, it was between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago White Sox, and it was in 1984. The game went 25 innings and lasted eight hours and six minutes. The game began on May 8th, but the MLB rules say that an inning cannot begin after 1 a.m. 
So the players and fans ha actually had to come back the next day to watch the White Sox and the Brewers play. The White Sox ended up winning that game on a walk-off home run after 25 innings. Well, you think having a 25-inning game going into extra innings, did the score ever change or was it always the same? Well, um, I'm not – I wasn't sure. I'm not sure on that, but I think it could have changed possibly, but I just – at least one or two points. Yeah, I couldn't get over the fact that it was 25 innings and it took two days. So mm -hmm. another interesting fact, my mom always asked me, like, she always wondered how long, how many baseballs they use in the MLB and how many arena footballs they use in the AFL because yeah. they let the fans take them. So I looked it up, and the MLB uses around 200,000 baseballs a year. But it's ironic because that amount of baseballs covers 8,118 square feet, which is a little bit larger than the space in between the bases in the diamond. Oh, yeah. It's, we don't really see home runs that much. But other than that, I mean, it's really hard to hit a home run for arena football games. It's pretty easy, except it's not really a smart thing to do in the sport. But a lot of fans catch a lot of footballs in the AFL rather than they do in MLB because – it's a big stadium compared to indoors. So you have a much better chance of getting in the AFL. Okay, and so the last one, I'm just going to do a quick one. A baseball has 108 stitches, and it's going to travel in, it's going to travel further and faster in hot weather rather than cold. So, yeah, that's, that's going to wrap it up for our Spotlight Sport Baseball. And now um, Caleb's going to talk about our upcoming arena football season a little bit on KidStar. Yes, we are just only less than uh, 20 days till the a AFL season starts. And uh, we'll be broadcasting our uh, the, the Arizona Rattlers home opener in the Arena Bowl rematch on March 23rd at uh, 7 p.m. kickoff at 7 p.m. So you can uh, listen to that at KidStar.org. We'll the link up so you can listen to it and it's only been a few months since we broadcasted me and sam broadcast the arena bowl in new orleans and uh reflecting back on that what are you looking forward to this season oh i'm excited i mean it's a great it's a fun experience we've had a lot of fun times with the rattlers it's it's good to have a winning season where you get to win the championship and then we were blessed enough to get to go to new orleans and we were allowed to broadcast there and i was fortunate to have some people help me out get there and I'm excited for this Rattler season I'm excited they have a lot of returning players they have Davila coming back and Purify so that's exciting oh yeah and then also uh the Arena Bowl this year is going to be in Orlando Florida and it's going to headline a KISS concert which will be very exciting so hopefully we'll get to go to Orlando to broadcast the Arena Bowl and also uh, a reminder that we have speaking of sports on Facebook you can just look it up, speaking of sports, same way you see us on voiceamerica.com. And just be sure to like us, and uh, we'll be updating you in upcoming episodes. So that will do it for this edition of Speaking of Sports. Our next broadcast will be in early March. So uh, I'm Caleb Bushy and Sam Brandon. We're broadcasting from the Cake Teeny Cafe, and we hope to listen to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Speaking of Sports on the Voice America Kids channel. Make sure you come on back next week for another great show.
The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 